0: and hello everyone welcome to adam's on agriculture thank you for joining us here at midweek thank you for letting us be part of your day hope you're having a good day here's what we'll talk about the president and ceo of the renewable fuels association jeff cooper has made some interesting comments as we still do not have the rvo levels for the renewable fuel standard for 2021 and he says why not just wait Till the Biden administration takes over for those numbers to come out, we'll have him on with us today to explain why he feels that way. Also, talk about frustrations about missing another deadline uh, on getting those numbers out. We'll talk about that. Uh, the markets. We'll talk with the D- the lead analyst for DTN, Todd Holtman, will be joining us. Talk about where we are with the markets here in December. Um, kind of a little pullback here lately. Any cause for concerns? Just tell us. Uh, Big rallies over or where do we go from here? We'll talk about that. And it's Christmas tree season, of course. We'll talk with the executive director of the National Christmas Tree Association a little bit later on in our program. So lots to cover today. Let's start things off with Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, good to talk with you again. And a lot of buzz, a lot of speculation about who will be Joe Biden's choice for Secretary of Agriculture. The two names we hear the most are Marsha Fudge and Heidi Heitkamp. Are you hearing others that have a real chance in this, or are those strongly the two front runners?
2: Well, the, the Biden transition team is very, very closed mouthed. So we don't really hear anything out of the Biden operation. But, I, but those are the two top names I hear. Uh, the third one that I hear is Russell Redding, the Pennsylvania Agriculture uh secretary uh if biden wanted to do someone uh less controversial then then uh fudge uh or uh or Hyde uh i think in fudge's case uh her advantage is that she's gotten a lot of endorsements from unions and minority groups and and uh some members of congress um but her disadvantage is that she's uh, she's an African American woman from Cleveland, a city, and so while she has connections to agriculture, she doesn't really have any to farming, and she doesn't have any farming in her district. Uh, on the other hand, Heidi Heitkamp uh, has uh, you know she does have that rural background, uh, but she's been criticized for her for her connections to uh, to agribusiness. She's considered the very conventional uh, candidate. Uh, now, what I'm hearing now, th- today and yesterday, is that uh, while publicly it looks like Fudge has the advantage, um, a lot of ag groups are weighing in wi- quietly with the Biden operation, but they're not saying anything in public.
0: Hmm. Do you think that choice sends a strong message about the direction usda will go in a biden administration
2: i think it's clear that the core of the biden approach in agriculture is going to be conservation and addressing climate change no matter who is the secretary uh that's uh, and i take that from from the selection of robert Bonney to lead the review team Uh, he is the author of this of this report uh, that included uh, setting up a carbon bank and using the CCC, the Commodity Credit Corporation, to pay farmers. Uh, so I think it's more, not so much a question of, of uh, the direction, but how the secretary would perform. I also think that if he chooses Marsha Fudge, there will be a definite uh, focus on uh, nutrition programs. Uh, food stamps and school lunch and, uh, and the WIC program for, for mothers and, and babies. Uh, but a lot of those decisions are ultimately made by Congress, not by uh, USDA.
0: All right, let's talk about Congress, uh, this lame duck session. Where are they with a spending bill and anything new on a new stimulus package?
2: Well, we, first of all, we hear that they are finishing up the the uh, appropriations bill. It'll be an omnibus; everything will be rolled into one. Uh, I don't have any details on that, except that they're they'll most certainly do it before December 11th. Uh, and on on stimulus, yesterday we heard that uh, Nancy Pelosi has been talking to Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, again. And there's this bipartisan group that has come up with a uh... with a plan that's about one billion dollars uh... i don't know how that will go uh... but so far i have not heard anything about whether the twenty billion that they talk about for agriculture or an increase in the food stamp program would be uh, would be in there i think there would have to be both i don't think you can get the farm aid without a boost to the the food stamps in the midst of the coronavirus uh, uh... package By the way, I'll say one thing on the uh, Ag Secretary, Uh, I have heard that when lobbyists call some farmers to talk to them about the Ag Secretary, they don't want to talk about it because they still won't accept that Biden has won the election. So therefore, it's a little bit hard to develop a consensus or a a campaign for anyone with that problem.
0: Meanwhile, in Congress, uh, do we know who will be the next Ag Committee Chair in the House?
2: Uh, Well, last night, the Democratic Steering and Policy Committee recommended that David Scott, the congressman from uh, the Atlanta area in Georgia, um, uh, should get the position. Now, he's up against Jim Costa, the congressman from the Central Valley in California. and, And on Thursday, the entire Democratic caucus will vote, and so we should know at that time. It is, pa, Costa's mounted a big campaign to get it on the basis that he has, more, he has agriculture in his district, he has lot, uh, of all types, uh, he also has uh, cities that, uh, that rely a lot on food stamps, so he's got a lot out there, uh, and once in a while the Democratic caucus goes against the steering committee, which is composed of its leadership, uh, so we won't know for sure until Thursday, but the odds would be on David Scott becoming the chairman.
0: Interesting uh, jockeying for these key positions going on right now.
2: Yes, yes, and we don't know on the Republican side who will who will get that. That has they haven't uh, 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 the Republicans have not deliberated yet.
0: Yep, still waiting for for that and to see where we go. So it's going to be interesting. Are you hearing any more? Real quick, uh, Jerry. About out of time, but uh, do you think the Biden administration will try to change the waters of the U.S. rule again?
2: Uh, I'm not hearing anything about it. Uh, they 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 may try to change it, uh, but I would doubt that they would go back exactly to what was proposed uh, in the past. Uh, you know, it's such a uh, it's such a hot issue. Uh, uh, but there, you know, there is a desire to have a waters of the United States rule because it's the reason for the whole thing was that there were two conflicting supreme court decisions on the waters. And so you need a you need certainty on this issue.
0: Yep. So we'll see what uh, where that goes as well. Lots of questions yet. Jerry, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you.
2: Good to talk to you. Bye.
0: Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. A lot of questions about the Renewable Fuel Standard RVO levels for next year. We'll talk it over with Jeff Cooper, President and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
3: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet
4: can power through. Senex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
5: Come experience the virtual DTN 2020 Ag Summit, December 7th through 9th. Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers around the world. The DTN Ag Summit, December 7th through 9th. Register at DTN.com forward slash Ag Summit.
1: Adams on Agriculture. Conversations with policymakers. The movers and shakers in the ag industry. The pros and cons of issues important to you. Cutting through the spin to get to the heart of a topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you guests important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture.
6: A message brought to you by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org.
0: Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. With Sinex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to mike adams
0: it's december and we still do not know at what levels refiners will be required to blend biofuels in 2021 under the renewable fuel standard our next guest jeff cooper president and ceo of the renewable fuels association is saying now might as well just wait and let the biden administration make that decision right jeff
5: yeah that's right mike uh november 30th came and went that is the statutory deadline when we are supposed to see the final rule for the following year when it comes to RFS volume requirements. And we didn't see that rule from EPA, of course, and that was no surprise. Uh, they never even proposed the 2021 RFS levels, which is typically something that happens all the way back in, in July or, or, or certainly uh, you know early August at the very latest. Uh, so there was no way they were going to finalize those levels on or before November 30th when we hadn't even seen a proposal so we think at this point you know let's just let the new administration handle the the 2021 RFS proposal and the final rule Uh, let them run the entire process Uh, and there's a few reasons we say that I, I think you know first even if EPA released a proposal today there's no way they could get it finalized before January 20th which is inauguration day so Um, You know, so the final rule is going to be up to the Biden folks no matter what, and do we really want them trying to inherit a proposal that was, you know, sort of uh, hastily rushed out the door by the outgoing Wheeler EPA, or do we want to give them just a a clean slate to start this rulemaking process?
0: It seems, though, that I recall during the Biden, the Obama-Biden years, that uh, deadlines on this were often missed by EPA, is that right?
5: that is correct. They they really flubbed up a few of the uh annual RVO rulemakings uh back in the the 2014-2015 time frame. Uh they were more than a year late uh with with some of those. Uh so we've been down this path before and 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 we we finally, you know, at the end of the Obama administration got to a place where the Obama EPA understood that that you know, we got to get these these uh, RVO rules out on time to give the regulated community and, and the entire supply chain, the certainty they're looking for. So we're hopeful that the the lessons learned uh, from the previous go round uh, on this, uh, you know, are, are top of mind for the incoming administration, and they are going to understand the importance of keeping on a timely schedule with getting these these RVO rules out. We know this one's going to be late. It's already you know it's it's. Uh, you know, December 2nd. And and so this thing is is absolutely going to be late for 2021. We're just hopeful that uh, Biden's folks can come in and act pretty quickly to get an RVO rule proposed and finalized for 2021 and and, and let us uh, move forward.
0: Yeah, I guess my point being, uh, as far as Joe Biden's involvement, at least in the Obama administration, his track record would not be that good on, on meeting the deadline. And two, both parties have uh, failed to uphold the, the uh, statutes on uh, on getting these announcements out for uh, the renewable yep. fuel standard. We're talking with Jeff Cooper, president and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association. So, Jeff, do blenders then just go by current levels, or what do they do as we st- go into the new year?
5: Sure. Well, yeah, it's, it's not good to be flying blind without an RVO rule in place uh, but everybody should have a, a pretty darn good idea of, of how much renewable fuel is going to be required uh, you know, when this, this uh, rulemaking finally gets done, especially in terms of conventional renewable fuels like, like corn ethanol. We know the statute says 15 billion gallons. Uh, we know that that's what EPA should have been enforcing every year since 2015. Uh, they have failed to do that. Uh, but we also know that the Biden uh, administration and, and President-elect Biden specifically, when he was campaigning, said he would, uh, you know, honor that 15 billion gallon requirement that's in the law. Um, so, you know, we think even in the absence of an RVO rule, the marketplace should know at least with regard to conventional biofuels, the requirement's going to be 15 billion gallons. Now, it's different for cellulosic and advanced, right? I mean, that that's where the lack of an RVO rule really does create some uncertainty and confusion because, uh, you know, from year to year, it's 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 hard to predict where EPA is going to set uh, those volumes. And so, you know, again, we we think folks will probably be looking at the 2020 rule as as the starting point or, or as gui- as sort of a guide uh, for estimating what the requirements are going to be for 2021. Uh, but it's really that cellulosic and advanced space where, the lack of a rule creates some, some real problems.
0: Mm-hmm. I know you're hopeful moving forward. Uh, a lot of these issues will be addressed, and you're going by what Joe Biden said on the campaign trail. I find myself being somewhat skeptical from just looking back at what I've heard candidates on both parties, candidates say when they're running for office and then what they do once they're in office.
5: Yeah, that well, that's, that's always... Uh, you know, always a, a risk. You, you hope that when you are um, hearing promises and commitments on the campaign trail, that it's not just lip service. Um, you know, we, we certainly heard uh, commitments from President Trump when he was campaigning, especially in Iowa back in 2015, 2016. Uh, you know, around the renewable fuel standard and around other issues. Some of those commitments, uh, you know, some of those promises were kept. Some of them, some of them weren't. Um, so that that's always going to be a risk, I think, when you uh, you know when you have an issue like the RFS that is uh, you know is is a highly politicized issue. Uh, unfortunately, you've got so many uh, industries and, and political interests that uh, have a stake in this program that it's it's uh, you know it's it's always subject uh, to uh, you know promises being kept and, and not kept. That's for sure.
0: It's amazing. It's frustrating. You have the law of the land and you have court rulings uh, on the matter and still uh, the rules aren't followed. I I, I mean, it's just yeah. I think someday we'll, we'll look back at this, read it in history books and say, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, the, the, well,
5: and, and that's exactly right, Mike. I mean, that that should take the politics out of this. Right. Um, you You've got a law that's on the books and you've got numerous court cases that have affirmed that law and upheld that law so that should remove the political uh, maneuvering that has happened around the RFS but still we see it today.
0: And here's another one that would be, be under for me under the I believe it when I see it category. I mean Joe Biden talked a lot campaigning about removing uh, tax breaks and you know things like for the uh, the oil industry. Uh, I'll believe that when I see it. I mean, they've had those for a long, long time, and uh, they've been able to defend them pretty well.
5: Well, they, they, they have, uh, and some of those credits and write-offs and subsidies have been buried deep in the statute for more than a hundred years. Some of those programs uh, were enacted back in 1910, 1912, uh, which is just incredible to me that you would have a, 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 you know, tax break or subsidy program in place for more than a century. Uh, but you're you're absolutely right. The oil industry has has done a, a very effective job at, at hiding those benefits um, and defending them. Uh, you know, we, again, we're optimistic. We're hopeful that uh, this this may be uh, the last gasp for some of those programs. Um, you know, certainly the Obama administration, when when uh, Mr. Biden was vice president, uh, went after some of these programs. Did not succeed in in getting rid of all of them. Uh, but we're hopeful that maybe uh, another go-round will, will help level the playing field once and for all uh, for all of us competing in the energy sector. You know, it, we, we, we catch so many arrows still today in the ethanol industry about, ah, well, you guys are, are subsidized. Well, we haven't had a Blender's tax credit uh, or, you know, what you might consider a subsidy since 2011. Um, and yet the oil guys seem to go unscathed in that whole discussion around uh, subsidies and, and favorable tax treatment.
0: Hey, real quick, before we let you go, we talked about this last time. Looks like we're closer to a vaccine. Uh, probably need dry ice to pack that and ship it. And uh, ethanol producers can help with that with, because of CO2 from uh, ethanol production used to make the dry ice.
5: You got it, Mike. Uh, The ethanol industry provides about 40% of the nation's captured CO2, and dry ice is effectively the the solid form of of CO2. So uh, there is a lot of activity in our industry right now to make sure that we are providing the CO2 necessary uh, to make that dry ice uh, so those vaccines can be shipped. Uh, You know, the the Pfizer vaccine in particular has to be kept at negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit, during shipment and storage, and the only way you're going to keep it that cold is, is with dry ice. So uh, we are seeing a lot of activity there, and, and you know, it's uh, we're, we're proud that the industry can contribute again in, in a way to uh, combating the COVID-19 pandemic and, and hopefully uh, getting our, our, our nation and our economy past this mess.
0: For sure. Jeff, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you.
5: Same here, Mike. Thank you.
0: Take care. Jeff Cooper, President and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association. Up next, is the market rally done, stalled, or just where are we? We'll talk with Todd Holtman, Lead Analyst for DTN. That's up next. Stay with us here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Join us every Tuesday for a Round the Table brought to you by CHS as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you, and we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. So join us for round the Table every Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more.
3: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today.
7: You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Egg Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Grains are weaker overnight, with row crops weaker while wheat contracts are firming up. Weakness in dalian soybeans was notable overnight as most contracts slipped to three-month lows. Focus remains on Chinese buying and South American weather. On the board of trade, March soybeans trading 17 cents lower at 11.45 and a half cent. The November contract down 10 and three quarters at 10.25 and three quarters of a cent. March corn down three and three quarters at 417. The May contract down four at 420. Looking at wheat futures, Chicago wheat March up five at 582 and a quarter of a cent. Chicago wheat March up four and three quarters at 543 and a half cent. Minneapolis spring wheat March up two and a fraction at 551 and a half cent. Follow-through gains in livestock trade on Tuesday helped to bring additional stability into the complex. But traders are starting to focus on fundamental support given the recent shifts in meat values and limited cash cattle direction. In cash cattle country, it is slow to start this morning. Some asking prices are around $112 to $113 in the south and remain hard to find in the north. So far, no bids have been renewed this morning. Significant trade volume may be delayed until Thursday or later. Beef cutouts are expected to be mixed with light to moderate box movement. February live cattle are trading down 50 cents at 11267, the April contract down 42 at 11640, March feeder cattle down 10 at 14055, the April contract down 12 at 14175. February lean hogs down 87 at 6787, the April contract down 72 at 7065. In the outside markets, the Dow is down 73 points, the Nasdaq composite down 57, the S&P 500 down You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Egg Network. I'm Kirsten Rall.
8: You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today.
0: All right, let's talk markets with the lead analyst for DTN, Todd Holtman. Todd, good to talk with you again. Markets have pulled back here a little bit. Uh, so is this just a lull? Is the rally, big rally over? Where are we at?
9: Well, uh, that's a very good question and, and what we're all trying to figure out, to be honest. Uh, there are uh, initially, I, I, initially, I thought basically it was a response to rain in the forecast for central Brazil. And uh, that's understandable. And the rain chances are are especially looking good for Mato Grosso, where we've had some real concerns about dry weather there, and soybean crops are starting to get into the flowering stage. So they need moisture, and it looks like they're going to get it in this forecast. So that's part of the story. The other part of the story, uh, which I did not expect, is we're starting to see a weakening in China's domestic soybean price. And it, uh, it, the last couple of days, it actually bloke, broke below its 50-day moving average for the first time since May. So as you know, it's been on a very strong run. Uh, in my book, it's been an indication that feed supplies have been short uh, in China. Their demand has been exceptionally strong this year. They've obviously surprised us and overwhelmed us with uh, unexpected levels of corn and soybean export business for the U.S., Uh, But it's possible that those demand needs are finally being met at the same time we're getting this wet forecast uh, for Brazil. So it is possible that uh, we are putting in a top at least uh, for the next few months.
0: Those two issues, China demand and South American weather, are the two big factors. Uh, Is one bigger than the other or they both have equal impact on the markets right now?
9: Yeah, good question. I I would say I I have to lean toward China because, uh, boy, when when their appetite perks up, it goes big, as we saw this fall. And, uh, you know, Brazil really had a large soybean crop last year, uh, or I should say earlier in 2020, and uh, China ate that up very quickly. We saw uh, Brazil prices starting to hit new highs in July, which was uh, probably the earliest indication we saw of uh, how strong China's appetite uh, is for soybeans uh, this year. And uh, so I, I have to give the edge uh, to uh, China. Having said that, uh, Brazil is on track if they continue to get good weather for about a 4.9 billion bushel crop. So obviously that's a lot of beans. They're the number one producer in the world still. And uh, that that will at least uh, tone down market concerns Uh, for a few months after harvest, should that good weather continue.
0: We're talking with Todd Holtman, who's lead analyst for DTN. So we talk mostly about soybeans. They're the headline right now. But what do you see with the corn market?
9: You know, corn actually, uh, it's transitioned. Soybeans used to be the leader. And now as far as demand goes, uh, corn has been the more active interest uh, of late. And um, there, where we look at China's domestic price, uh, today, corn was down, uh, I think, about a half a percent or so in China, but it's still very close to its high. So it hasn't seen the uh, backing down that uh, soybeans have in China, which uh, indicates to me that demand for corn from China still ought to be fairly strong. And the good news for the U.S. right now is we're basically the main supplier of corn in the world right now because Ukraine had a smaller crop and Brazil's corn supplies are basically tapped out until about July. So uh, we're sitting very good to do uh, more corn business.
0: Uh, There's a lot of hope right now about the vaccine, of course, but that's going to take time. In the meantime, we're not seeing that big surge in driving, so that fuel demand is not sh- as strong as we'd like, which impacts ethanol, which impacts corn price as well.
9: Yes, correct. And uh, we're getting a new update of that right now as we speak. So I haven't seen the number yet, but I can tell you last week, gasoline demand was still down 12% from a year ago. And as long as that's the case, that's, that's uh, the limiting factor uh, on our corn demand for ethanol. And that just uh, hasn't really changed. And given the state of uh, kind of high alert that we have for coronavirus infections right now. I don't expect that to change in the next few months. But as you say, it is much more encouraging to markets in general to hear about uh, the positive vaccine news and to know that they're on the way.
0: What's going on with the wheat market?
9: <laughs> uh, wheat is uh, a little bit crazy, as it uh, often is. mm mm-hmm overall between corn beans and wheat uh, wheat has the least bullish fundamental argument but it is better than it typically is this time of year and i say that because u.s ending wheat supplies are estimated at their lowest level in six years Uh, so we got some support from that the other thing that happened this fall was dry weather concerns in russia and here in the western u.s so uh, that helped lift our wheat prices as of late uh they've been correcting back lower they took a bit of a hit this week uh and uh, i think that's not totally unexpected because they had hit pretty good levels we were near two-year highs in kansas city and near five-year highs uh in in chicago now the northern hemisphere is going dormant so any bullish concerns we have about dry weather are going to have to be on hold for the next several months and uh, in the meantime we've got some speculators uh, net long in wheat, which uh probably are going to get impatient with sitting there with a dormant crop, and uh, I think we're seeing some of their positions liquidate
0: so for those that have been waiting to pull the trigger on some sales uh, even looking into next year about new crop sales, uh, it sounds like between what the markets are doing now and what you've said about China and South America, we've now given. Uh, farmers kind of some pause here about thinking about holding out for even higher prices i mean it sounds like uh unless weather just turns really bad in south america or unless china goes on a major spree we're going to kind of maybe we've seen our eyes or at least we're going to be kind of choppy here for a while yeah that's
9: that's what i'm starting to think now and uh, i have been um very concerned about the tightness of our soybean supply situation. And anytime supplies get this tight, and, and I should clarify that USDA has estimated ending stocks of 190 million bushels for soybeans. I think a lot of private analysts are thinking more in terms of uh, something closer to 100 million bushels. And I'm certainly in that camp as well because exports have been so strong to date. So anytime you get supplies that tight, there is a potential for an emotional market to develop, and that's uh, kind of what I was holding out the last 25% of production uh, for, wondering if we were going to see that type of uh, kind of a bullish explosion in price. Uh, The way things are going right now, if if the weather continues to look good for South America, um, that that $12 mark might have been our best chance uh, for a while, but it's hard to give up any time you have a a situation that is legitimately as tight as this one is. In the case of corn, we're not as nearly as uh, extremely tight as we are in soybeans. We've seen a great improvement in the fundamental situation this year. But, uh, boy, in in corn, I uh, I, I think these current price levels are very attractive, not only for getting rid of old crop, but also uh, making your first sale for 2021.
0: Always seems strange to say we're in a weather market in December, but that's really what we're in, right?
9: <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, as South America inc- continues to increase their production, and they've done it again this year, uh, they're becoming a bigger player, and, and uh, we're, we're looking at a two-season crop. So yeah, we have to kind of get used to that moving forward.
0: So speaking of production, you still seeing a uh, significant jump in bean acres here in the U.S. next year?
9: Yes, I, I think what we're going to see is uh, a return to basically a 50/50 split in the corn and soybean acres, so they'll probably come out around 89 million or 90 million each uh, somewhere in that vicinity. And I think they were there uh, a couple of years ago. and frankly, I'd like to see a more balanced corn soybean mix uh, in the US. It's a very tough situation when we were going through the trade dispute and people had kind of given up hope on the soybean price to see so many people load up on the uh, corn acres because that that puts a real tough weight on uh, uh, corn supplies. And uh, it wasn't that long ago, just in June, we were talking about the possibility of 3.3 billion bushels of ending corn carry. So Mm -hmm. this much more balanced planning mix is good for the market, good for agriculture in general. And uh, it's nice to see a return of profitability here for the soybeans.
0: Well, I'm sure some of these things will be brought up next week at your virtual DTN Ag Summit next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we encourage people to go to your website and get signed up for that. You have a good lineup. should be a lot of good information.
9: Well, thank you. We're looking forward to it. Of course, I'm going to miss talking in person to people as we uh, usually get to do, but this is the next best thing. And and considering uh, the situation we're in, we're still glad we can do it.
0: Yep, we're. I think we're all getting a little um, Zoom fatigue, but uh, glad we have the technology that <laughs> allows these events at least to go on, so you can share that information. And again, it's the DTN Ag Summit, December seventh, eighth, and ninth. Next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Go to the DTN website and get signed up for that. Todd, always good to talk with you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. My pleasure. Take care, DTN lead analyst Todd. Holtman with his thoughts on the markets. Well, do you have your Christmas tree yet? Real or artificial? We're going to talk real Christmas trees uh, coming up next with the Executive Director of the National Christmas Tree Association. What kind of years have been for tree growers and uh, what's the supply situation? What are the favorites this Christmas? We'll talk about all that with Tim O'Connor, Executive Director of the National Christmas Tree Association next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Synex Premium Diesel. Synex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
10: Do you know how to keep food safe at home?
6: Clean, separate, cook, and chill.
10: The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to separate First, use different cutting boards for meat, poultry, seafood, and veggies. Raw meat should never touch food that won't be cooked. Then, always keep raw meat, poultry, seafood, and their juices away from other foods in the shopping cart. And store raw meat, poultry, and seafood in a container or on a plate in the fridge so juices won't drip on other foods. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean,
0: separate, cook, and chill.
10: For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-Hotline. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey,
9: Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute.
4: Hey honey, why don't you take a minute?
9: When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public
2: service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council.
4: A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
8: Come experience the virtual DTN 2020 Ag Summit December 7th through the 9th Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers from around the world. The DTN Ag Summit, December 7th through the 9th. Register at DTN.com forward slash Ag
3: Summit. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today.
0: recently on atoms on agriculture joining us now is the president-elect of the national pork producers council jen Sorensen, to tell us about the give a ham challenge
9: we're excited to launch our national give a ham challenge which is our holiday giving program where u.s tog farmers contribute back to the communities they support you know this is a core value for u.s pork producers and we're happy to celebrate it and champion it through the the Give a Ham Challenge, which is a social media campaign, but ultimately, hopefully, we'll get over two million servings of pork into local food pantries, community shelves, and community organizations participating is really easy all you have to do is open your heart and, and give a pork product it could be ham it could be pork loin any pork product any protein product into a food pantry and then pop it up on social media and use that hashtag give a ham
0: for the information important to rule America join us on Adams on agriculture Adams on agriculture is brought to you by Sinex premium diesel with Sinex premium diesel you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape
1: information america's farmers and ranchers need to know adams
0: on agriculture now back to mike adams tis the season let's talk christmas trees with tim o'connor executive director of the national christmas tree association tim good to talk with you again we have a good supply of trees across the country this year
4: well good morning mike and yes we do the industry is really geared up and is in a full stride of the season and excited about it.
0: What is the trend? What are the numbers telling us as far as uh, people buying real trees versus artificial?
4: Well, it's one of those side bars on the COVID year that we're experiencing that many people have determined that Christmas is going to be a special holiday for their family this year. And as a result of that, they want to get a real tree to make this year something special, including a lot of folks who either never had a real tree before or had moved away to a PVC tree and are coming back to a real tree this time. And our members are telling us they are just seeing record business numbers. Are we still seeing uh,
0: popularity growth in people going out? and having the whole experience of picking and cutting their own tree?
4: Yes, that that is a tremendously popular thing for families to do. You know, it's it's subject to where you live if there are tree farms nearby enough that you can make the trip to get your tree that way. There's certainly nothing wrong with going to the corner lot or, you know, a local retailer that sells the tree already pre-cut, but you know families do prefer when they can that experience of going to the farm uh, and our our growers have really specialized many of them in that opportunity and they you know they build a, a big bundle of things around just the tree itself in terms of experiences and educational programs and other seasons that they can bring people to their farm and really extend their opportunity to have Outreach and business opportunities with those consumers.
0: What are the most popular types of trees
4: this year? Well, you know, as always, it
0: depends a little bit
4: on um, where you live in the country, because like much of agriculture, Christmas tree production has been specialized, you know, over the past several decades, with the breeding of trees adapted to local growing conditions, soils. Etc. That uh, the trees that are grown in one part of the country are not the same trees as grown in the other. So, if you're in the Midwest, eastern part of the country, a Fraser fir is a very popular tree, but you'll also see other species. If you're in the West, uh, the Noble and Nordman firs are the most popular trees because, again, those are the the varieties that have been developed for those particular climates.
0: Is there also a big push on education as far as how to take care of the tree and what to do with it after Christmas?
6: Well, we
4: always do want people to know that because it's part of having a wonderful experience with a real Christmas tree. Uh, It's really important to handle a tree properly. Uh, And so we do a lot of work uh, to educate consumers on that, the growers themselves and, and the tree lots, typically have good information available to their customers and, you know, try to make sure they know how to care for it. And then one of the things that helps differentiate a real tree from a a piece of plastic made in a factory in China is that it was grown on a farm. It's super environmental friendly. And when it's life as a Christmas tree is done, it's fully recyclable as a product of nature. So it's not going in a landfill and sitting for 1,000 years, like PVC plastic will, is being recycled in various ways, and we make sure that people understand that that's the proper thing to do with their trees, look at what's going on in their community for ways that trees are recycled and participate in those. Uh, they're often mulched and used as landscape materials, but there are other things that can be done with trees, and it depends on where you live, what options are available to you.
0: Are more people getting into tree farming, or are you losing producers? Where are you at on that?
4: Well, like other segments of agriculture, Mike, there's been consolidation. Uh, You know, the the economies of scale are significant so that, you know, those who have the equipment in in the labor force have expanded their production. Typically, they have picked up acreage that's already planted in trees, from growers who are retiring or phasing out to expand their operations. Where the growth really is in the industry is what we were discussing before, the choose and cut segment, the growers who are mm-hmm. near enough to an urban area that they can bring consumers to their farm to, to pick out their own tree and have that farm experience. And that is that is the growth sector the business uh, and it is attracting more people every year it also facilitates, uh, as I was saying earlier, other seasonal activities like pumpkin patches, apple orchards, you pick berries. Many of these farms have diversified to have that seasonality of offerings and bring consumers and school groups multiple times during the year to their farm. And you know, every one of those is a revenue generation point.
0: What about parts of the country? Are you seeing more diversification in that, or is it still the production still concentrated in in certain areas?
4: It, you know, there are several states that are the leading states. You know, Oregon is the number one producing state, and North Carolina number two, and then you go to the Upper Midwest with uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, um, Pennsylvania, all filling in that top five producing states, uh, you know, the commonality is that trees perform pretty well on rolling to mountainous farmland, typically land that isn't as well suited for row crops. And that, you know, the, the opportunity to grow trees is really kind of following what nature is doing. Mm hmm.
0: Well, Tim, it's always good to talk with you and uh, check in each year at this time to see where the industry's at. Sounds like a good uh, supply for those real trees out there. We hope everyone has a very safe Christmas season. Good to talk with you again. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you, Mike. Good to talk with you.
0: Tim O'Connor, Executive Director of the National Christmas Tree Association on AOA. Sinex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.
3: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected, and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.